Hello, this is Yaros Dark, and welcome to another interview with an expert entrepreneur. Today on the line with me, I have uh, Scott Valdez, who came to me in a kind of interesting way, actually. Uh, uh, I made a mistake. I sent an email to some of my subscribers that should not have been sent. Uh, Scott was replying to it saying, why did I get this? I said, uh, don't worry about it. It was a mistake. And then he told me about his business, which is uh, Virtual Dating Assistance. And it's a, a business that we'll talk about a bit more in a moment. But basically, it's you can outsource your online dating to Scott's business. So I'd like to talk to Scott about how he set that business up, but also get his background as an entrepreneur. So uh, Scott, welcome to the call. Thank you for having me. So I always like to start these at the beginning and then go back to your, your history. Um, I actually don't even know how old you are, Scott. So how far back do we have to go to get to your, your, your university <laughs> days or your high school days, whatever you, wherever you stop your studies? Not too far. Yep. Not too far. I'm, I'm 26. Okay. So did you go to uni or university? Yeah, yeah. I, I went to the University of Georgia. And that was uh, a degree in? In marketing. Okay. So you stuck to the business world? Yeah, yeah. Right out of school, I went in. I went into uh, into sales and like a in a startup company. So it was. Uh, I was working in like a sales and marketing manager, and eventually I. Um, well, I actually started kind of in the trenches in sales, and then I was quickly promoted into like a sales and management position. Um, and I worked there for um, just a year and a half out of school, and uh, actually just just around, right around two years actually. And then from there, um, I started a virtual. Dating assistants, okay. and I've been doing that for two years. So I've been out of school for four. Okay, so we don't have that long history here to dive into. This is <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a short history. This is your virtual dating assistants is is your first entrepreneur play. Would that be correct? Yeah, yeah. You know, I've played with some other ideas. I I launched an events company, pretty small scale. Um, it didn't go as well. I mean, it just was so much work for so little potential payback, and so I dropped that, and then I started this. Okay, so just out of curiosity, what was it you were selling in that sales role before you became an entrepreneur? It was uh, translation services. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, so I'm assuming then you were not happy with working for someone else. Does that prompt you to leave? It wasn't so much that it was a it was a you know it was a small startup company and there wasn't that much room for growth. It was about you know 50, 50 employees and uh, I mean, the company was growing fairly quickly. But yeah, I just you know I've always kind of had the entrepreneurial spirit. I, I really enjoyed um, kind of watching the company grow while I was there. I mean, it almost doubled in size. Um, so I kind of saw the progression. I mean, we went from very like archaic, like using these spreadsheets to keep track of all of our sales leads to eventually moving into like CRM systems and just kind of seeing the, the company evolve over the period of almost two years that I was there. Um, yeah, I mean, it really just kind of influenced me in the, in the sense that I wanted to, to take my own company from, you know, from archaic to like something very real and, and um, you know, profitable. So, so why the internet? Why did you turn to that medium? Well, it was kind of obvious, you know, the, the translation company, um, it's a, it's a, you know, it was a virtual company. Um, all the employees, I mean, most people were, you know, the people that were home-based and there was an offshore office, but everybody was kind of everywhere. And so the, the company was, was, you know, completely online driven. All of their sales leads came through because they, they were ranking for some tra translation keywords, um, very highly and everything would come through online. And, and so they were just completely online based. And so just working in that company, I, I just kind of, you know, the kind of the flexibility even because everybody was, was virtual and we could move around. And, and, you know, just, just doing everything online, I just saw that they didn't have as much overhead with the offices and all this. Thing. I just saw the benefits of that kind of structure. So when I decided to start my own business, while I was working in that company, I tried an events thing. And that was kind of location-based and it was it was extremely, extremely time-consuming and I, I just realized that it, I didn't want to go into that kind of business. I didn't want to open up a bar, any kind of physical location. I wanted to do something that was internet-based that I could do from anywhere in the world that I wanted to be. And that's why actually right now as we're, as we're talking, I'm in, I'm in Argentina um, and I'm going to be moving to Colombia in a few months, working a little bit from Europe um, this summer. And I just love that kind of, you know, that kind of uh, flexibility, kind of be wherever you want, whenever you want. So you really have the uh, the ability to travel anytime you like, 
you can run your business. Uh, you know, how many hours does it even take to run a business uh, at the moment for you? Well, right now it takes way too many hours. The, the, you know, right now I'm still kind of, you know, figuring out the, the processes and, and figuring out how to make it so it's, it's extremely, it can run itself. Okay, it's well, still, still the point of trying to figure out how to, how to scale it, you uh, know? This is, this is a great time to interview you then. So we can, we kind of caught you in the middle of having a success story, but let's, let's talk about how you transitioned away from having a job to, to running your online business and, and traveling to these different places. Did, did you do both at the same time? Like, did you, obviously you had the, the events business that failed. You must have felt, well, I mean, let's not call it failed. Let's say you learned something from that. And uh, then you decided internet business was the way to go. Did, was it a case of just starting something on the side at nighttime after work? Is that how you began virtual dating assistance? No, the events company was on the side. Um, but when I started virtual dating assistance, I'd already made the decision to leave the company I was working at. How come? I was looking at different – just because there wasn't that much room for growth. It was kind of like one of those – I mean, the economy was starting to kind of turn downhill. And some people called me crazy. What are you going to do? Leave. But I had some really good ideas, and one of them was virtual dating assistance. So I had a few different ideas, and I, I started just kind of you know, researching and, and really looking into what I thought – was was my best bet. Virtual dating assistance may or may not have been my best bet, but it was the it was the one that I knew that I would really enjoy if it worked. Um, just because I because I'm really passionate and I love online dating and I love like this kind of this kind of business model. I not necessarily the the services model so much, but um, it was it did allow me to be completely virtual and I had just a lot of the right the, a lot of the things that I was looking for. So. Um, that's why you know I I, put, I picked this idea and launched it as soon as I left that job. How could you take the risk though financially of quitting a job and and taking starting a business that may or may not ever make you money? <laughs> you know it's um it's one of those things you know I've got I've got a you know a family that if I if I need if I really needed help you know I could I could you know move back in with the parents you know the risk is not was not me being in the street starving. It was, you know, me running out of money and having to get another real job. And I was confident that I'd, that I'd build a resume already. And I was, you know, I could, I could find another job, even if the market was more difficult. If I really tried, I could find another job. But, you know, that was actually part of my motivation to really, to really kick ass right from the start is that I didn't want to go home. And I was actually, I started the company that I was working before, before they had um, an office in Argentina. And I started actually the company from Buenos Aires, Argentina, um, and I didn't want to go home. And I had, I knew how much money I had in the bank. And once that money was gone, I was, you know, I was heading home. And okay. so I just, how it was it's one of those things. It's great motivation. It, it is. And how many months did that that cash reserve give you? Like you've got the pressure of moving back to your parents, leaving Argentina, and getting a job, which probably are three things you didn't want to do. So that's very motivating. What time frame yeah. did you have to make this a success, given your situation? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, without you know digging into any of the investments that I'd made in terms of stocks and things, which I, I didn't want to do. I was probably going to go home before that happened, and luckily that never did happen. Um, but I, I gave myself about five months. Okay, so <laughs> you had to – I guess being in Argentina, you had less costs. Would that be correct than living in the States? Um, yeah, not substantially. Um, you know, the city, this, this city's gotten expensive in the, in the last, in the last few years. It's not what Tim Ferriss with his four hour work week, what he was talking about with these crazy low prices, but you know, it was the, the cost of living of a, of a cheap U S city. Okay. So yeah, you really had to get your nose down and, and make a, an income stream within five months. So that's a lot of pressure. Uh, what did you do? Day one, give us the story. You quit your job and you're sitting at home. <laughs> what happens next? Well, I, you know, actually I went on, first thing I did is I went on a cruise <laughs> Had my brother, had the brother meet me down here. Uh, we went on a cruise from Buenos Aires to Santiago, but the whole time I was kind of just, you know, I was playing with it, with the ideas I had and making sure that I picked the right one. And by the time I got off the cruise, I knew what I was going to do, uh, which was virtual dating assistance. So as soon as I got off the cruise, I came, you know, I came back to my, to my apartment here in Buenos Aires and um, I just started basically, you know, researching online, seeing if, making sure no one had ever done anything similar, um, trying to get an idea of my target market, you know, what kind of pricing I could do, what I'd have to pay here, and just how, how the hell I was going to market it. Um, you know, I, I basically, you know, I had the, the concept, I knew exactly what I was going to do because I, 
I had on, I had actually outsourced my own online dating. This is kind yeah. of the big part of the background. That's how I had the idea because I paid someone to manage my online dating accounts before. And maybe you can tell us more about that. Um, I've done some online dating as well, but I've never actually outsourced anything. So I, I'm. Can you tell us the background of you know your own personal experience and how that led to a business? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, basically, what happened with me is I, you know, I met a, a longtime girlfriend on Facebook in college. So when I when I got done with school, like the first thing I did is when we when we broke up because I, we changed cities, we're kind of going in our own, our own directions. And so the first thing I did is got back online. But with the startup company, what, where I, the company I took the job with, the translation company, it, it was really, really time. Uh, it was really demanding. It was very time intensive. And, um, you know, I was, I wanted to do other things like go to the gym and see friends and just, I was, my time was just kind of, it felt like it was just kind of melting away. I didn't, I didn't have time to do everything I wanted to. So I was already, I kind of had access to a secretary at that job. And so I would delegate a lot of day-to-day things that were kind of more menial tasks. And so I looked at online dating and I said, well, look, I've just got, basically got this system. I'm just doing the same thing over and over again. I've figured out what's effective and I'm I'm just re, kind of rinsing and repeating this this process, and so why not just just get somebody to do this for me for less than what I consider my own time worth per hour, right? So I find somebody that's fairly cheap but competent and can do the work. Well, I ended up finding someone on Craigslist, um, hired him. He was like he was just a recent college grad, just kind of looking for some freelance writing work, um, and so I just basically trained him. I mean, I had a lot of templates and. I, I kind of had online dating down to to a science already. I just spent a lot of time on it, um, and so I just kind of gave him the the system that I've come that I'd come up with, and um, it took some kind of back and forth and things. But eventually, I just let him loose, and he he just started setting up dates for me. Um, and the reason I thought that virtual dating assistance was a good idea is because a lot of people around me were kind of paying attention to what I was doing, and they were all interested. And in, you know, even my brother, who's Who's a emergency medicine doctor? He was really interested. Like, you know, you got to give me this guy and just let him send some messages for me too. This kind of thing. So, I just saw a lot of people that I thought would be interested in, in this kind of service if if it did exist, um, okay. but it didn't. Okay, you'll have to indulge me here a little bit because I'm 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 curious too, and I, I get the concept of outsourcing your online dating. But can you be a little bit more specific? Like, does this person search profiles and like? Is, how do they know what you're looking for in terms of even what someone looks like? And then do they make the initial contact to people? And then like, do they range a date, but do they have to check with you for your schedule? And what, how do the particulars work for this? It seems to be a lot of logistics and personal preferences that you have to get right here. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it, it takes a lot of back and forth at the very beginning. Um, the process I was using then is, the, is very different from the process that we now use for the, for the company. Mm-hmm. It's obviously it evolved a lot, um, but yeah, I mean, there's at the beginning. I mean, the, the assistant's gonna have a good gonna have a good idea if, if you've already emailed some people of your, you know, what you're looking for in terms of attractiveness. And for guys, I mean, attractiveness is is 95% of the of the full puzzle. I mean, of what they're what they're actually looking for. So, um, what I would have the assistant do um, is send me like a list of people that looked interesting, and I'd go through and just give a yes, no on each one. And then anyone that I was interested in, they would send an initial message. If they responded, at that point, sometime I was doing a little bit of the back and forth myself. I just saw, like, you have to send all these emails just to get, like, a few responses. So sometimes it just takes time. It's really time-consuming to find them in the first place and then to send, like, you know, let's even say you're getting one out of five to respond. You have to send five emails to get one response. So I was like, okay, that was the first thing I delegated. Eventually, the assistant just started doing everything. And so he, whenever he set up a date, he would just let me know, and um, and then I would I would tell him my availability and, and give him an idea of where we could meet. And then once everything was was set up, I would just go in the, into the account and kind of just look at all the emails that were exchanged and make sure that I was I was fully up to date with the communication, so that when <laughs> yep. there was a kind of a, a smooth transition into me meeting her. Yeah, you want to know like she told you her life story and you know nothing about her because you didn't read the communications. So that's yeah, it. exactly. Okay, and this this um, I mean I can certainly validate the the idea that you do need to continually go out and you know one in five, one in ten people will respond. So there's a bit of a a volume game there in, in terms of just contacting enough people to get responses. So like that makes sense for outsourcing. I think for me I get a little bit. Um, 
you know, I'm curious more than anything about how they, how you can actually have another person communicate on your behalf because um, you're going to write a different style in email communication because I'm assuming this is through email or messaging at a website. So, you know, have you had issues with that? Like your, your assistant is talking in one tone and then you turn out to not talk like that at all? Is there challenges like that? Not really. You know, it's kind of, it's really kind of surprising, but that really never happened with me and it never really happens with our clients either. I think that their people just have such a hard time gauging other people online that they're kind of used to that disconnect between what they kind of see online and what's in person. And, and with our, you know, with our clients, with our specific company, I mean, with, with the cut within the company, I mean, we really get to know them. So we do change the style quite a bit for the client. And we, we, we have like different check, check, um, check pro- points with the word checkpoints during the process. <laughs> so we'll send client, we'll basically, we'll send, we'll send them like, you know, these style examples to show him what kind of emails we would plan to send. And a lot of clients will give us feedback and kind of change things around. And then we use the, the feedback to, you know, to help us kind of adjust our, our writing style for the other emails that we send. Mm. Um, so it does take some back and forth at the beginning. That's what I said earlier. Like at the beginning, it, it does take like to get on the same page um, between the writer and the client, there's some back and forth that has to occur, and it does take a little bit of time. But then once that's everything, everything's set up in the right way, then it's very automated. I mean, you don't have to, in terms of for the for the client. I mean, he's going through this list of of candidates, putting a yes, no, yes, no, and then he's finding out like maybe there's some questions along the way that the writer doesn't know the answer to. She asked him what he did last weekend. You know, we have no idea, so the writer will ask these kinds of things. But then, I mean, the next thing is really besides some some questions is whenever there's a date set up. I mean, he, the you know the, our team is just checking on on the client's availability. Mm. Okay, so it, you're quite right. I guess it it, it takes apart the, the online dating process is fairly ambiguous in terms of getting to know people. Anyway, it's not the best way to to learn about someone. So you're helping these people get to a date as quickly as you can with with minimal effort. And you exactly. And you I mean, go ahead. In terms of in terms of like quickness, I mean, really, we're just exchanging. We ask for the date, meaning we we suggest taking things offline when the other person has sent us between two to four emails usually. So it's not like there's these this huge like this huge um, communication history that's occurring between the time of the initial contact and them actually meeting in person. It's just a few emails. So it's really, I mean, online dating is, is really about like weeding through this huge mass of people that are online and to try to find a few people with whom you might have some chemistry. But chemistry is impossible to determine really until you actually get in person and, and meet someone, you know, at a, whether it's coffee or, or meeting for, for drinks or doing some kind of activity date. Right. So all of this knowledge and skill you personally developed from like, how, did you spend a year online dating? Did you go on lots of dates? Like what, what was your personal you know, background to develop this intelligence about <laughs> online dating? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I had gone, I don't, I never kept track of how many dates I went on, but I was going, I mean, I was going some, some weeks, you know, on like four dates a week, which was just got crazy. Um, but, you know, a lot of them would kind of spiral into, into girlfriends or seeing someone more steady. But I never kept a, kept a count um, when I was doing it for myself. If I would have known I was going to start a company around it, I probably would have. Um, but I still do it for myself now, and I still meet a ton of girls. I mean, when I, even when I travel, like I'll go to a new city, and I'll line, I'll line up – not necessarily dates, but I'll line up a bunch of girls I want to meet before I get there, you know? Right. Um, it's very – once you know how to do it, you can be very, very effective, and you can, you can meet a lot of people. But kind of building that knowledge did take a long time. I mean I started on Facebook um, when Facebook was just kind, of, just kind of exploding. I mean I think it came on – when it came on my campus – um, when it, when U- University of Georgia first got, you know, everybody got access with their university email addresses. The first thing I did when I logged in is I looked, I was like looking around. I was like, wow, look at all these, look at all these hot chicks. Like, can I send them an email? Is it really this easy? Like, because I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't ever like just, you know, completely frustrated and terrible with women, but I, it wasn't the easiest thing for me to do to like walk up to a girl and, and fr- you know, in a bar in front of other people and, and, and start talking to her. That was never easy for me. Um, so online, I was just like, wow, there's actually, you know, if she doesn't respond to my email, I don't care. It's not really rejection. So I just saw like, wow, this is awesome because I can reach out to these girls. If they don't respond, that's, that's fine because it's not going to, I mean, I'm not going to feel bad about it. So 
I got online. I just, I, what I saw is I saw opportunity. And so I went from there and I learned what worked on Facebook. And then eventually Facebook just got flooded. I mean, I, I did it so early that I didn't have any competition really. Cause I don't think many guys at the very beginning realized the potential for dating on Facebook. Then everybody kind of got it. And now Facebook's just kind of, I mean, the girls, like I have girlfriends with that are, that are attractive on Facebook. They just get bombarded by all these creepy guys. Mm. So eventually it just, it became less effective. I tried to do it after I, I left the relationship out of college. I tried to do more Facebook stuff. It wasn't that effective. I moved to online dating, which at the beginning was really ineffective because I didn't know what I was doing. And then it took a long time. And I finally started to realize that it's nothing like Facebook. It's kind of a different game and everything in, in its own, in its own right. And, um, you know, after a lot of, uh, you know, pain, I finally started to figure it out and, uh, once I got it figured out, then I was like, wow. And so um, that's, you know, when I just started, you know, just, I mean, I was, I was dating a lot of weeks. I would go on like four or five dates in a week. Hmm. Busy man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, I'm, I'm curious because uh, it's online dating environments are different around the world. So I'm assuming Argentina is not the same as America. It's not the same as Australia here. Like, for example, in Australia, we use completely different websites to what I presume you guys use because um, it's plenty of fish is the big site in America, right? Yeah, it's a big site, but it's also a terrible site. Um, you know, the better sites like OkCupid's really big too. Not as big as Plenty of Fish, but they've got way better quality for another free site. And then like your match.com is is a paid site that's really good. Um, but you know, we've actually we've done a little bit of work in, in Australia. I, I know you guys use the RSVP site and uh, there's some people on 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 okay or on uh, Plenty of Fish and over there in Australia as well. Yep. What did you, so you use, you use um, RSVP or what do you well, use? Well, we have, I guess, a similar structure. We've got RSVP as the paid one, and then Oasis Active is, uh, has become recently the more popular one, and it's free. And then, yeah, it's like the extension of the American ones, like Plenty of Fish or um, yeah. a while ago, I remember um, there was a couple other ones. I think Match.com has come in here, and there's uh, eHarmony has been advertising on TV a lot. So um, mm -hmm. I haven't personally used all of those, but yeah, it's a, it seems to be a big market. And I know from my experience, I've used Oasis and RSVP, and the difference between a paid service and a free site is quite different as well in terms of the, yep. the type of people. So there's quite a lot of intricacies <laughs> in online dating. Now, I don't want to go into a <laughs> podcast interview yeah, on sure. how to do online dating. <laughs> Maybe that's another topic. Um, but yeah. I am I'm I can see how you develop the the intelligence to make this work, which it is a you know, an area where I think most people will come online. This is my experience. Started using online dating and it was horrible. It was like a, a, impossible to get some people to write back. Um, you know, you get frustrated because you, as a guy, you'd spend money and then get no replies or people would, you know, be very flaky and you didn't know what's going wrong. Um, and it, it's exhausting. You know, it's that sort of thing. So I can it see is. how outsourcing this is uh, uh, something that people would want to do. How did you turn it into a business? Did did you already have um, you know contractors, you know outsourcers ready to take on work? Uh, how did you build your website? How did you get customers? Take us through the process from your little apartment in Argentina. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, um, yeah, I did have I did have some um, potential resources lined up. You know, mainly kind of like friends of friends kind of thing. I I didn't really try to staff before I knew that there was that I was going to, you know, have the demand. Um, I just figured I'd, that would be a good problem to have to be understaffed and then figure that out. Um, so I, you know, I launched with just some potential, you know, employees in mind. And then what I did is I, um, I mean, what I realized really early on the process of kind of planning, um, how this company could actually work is I realized that the idea itself was really innovative and controversial, which is, is an amazing, um, kind of combination for for press coverage and also the dating aspect. I mean, the media loves to talk about love and relationships. So my initial strategy was just to try to basically to um, bootstrap a website and um, you know kind of get some basic systems and everything in line and just blast this thing to the to the uh, to the media. Um, put out press releases, make direct contacts, and just go crazy with it. Um, so that's essentially what I did. I mean, I had the website up um, in just a couple weeks. I mean, I outsourced the the design of the website. I don't I don't I don't know how to 
um, I'm not a web designer, a uh, graphic designer, and I, I really wasn't interested in, in learning. So I just I outsourced that down in Argentina for really cheap. That, that kind of service you can get down here for really cheap. So I did it um, through a friend of a friend, had them create it. And then, you know, the next step was just I went through and I identified a ton of journalists um, that I wanted to contact. I actually did the contacting myself. Um, and, you know, I had a couple strategies. I had a few strategies for identifying them. Some people I literally sent messages through Facebook because I couldn't find their contact information anywhere. But I was looking for journalists that have covered like any kind of similar things in the past. I found some other controversial kind of company, dating companies and things and found everybody that had written about them before. And I, you know, looked for other people that were doing a lot of dating through pub publications that I wanted to be in. Um, they were doing a lot of writing on, on, on the topic of online dating. So I just, I made it basically made, just made a spreadsheet of like a hundred, I think it was 130 journalists. Um, and I just started sending emails. I mean, I created press re release, started sending emails and it worked really well, almost too well. Um, it basically, I, um, you know, I, I kind of had a launch date and everything on there. Bef the, even before I launched, I was launching on June 10th. I sent all the press releases out, I think, about four or five days before the launch. Before I even launched, I think it's two days before, I was on, um, I was on TechCrunch, which is, which is huge. I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with TechCrunch. Yeah. Um, so I had a... It's yeah, a it's huge. Weird I mean, to it's, feature it's, you though. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's well, you know, it's it is technology. It's, it's technology related. We're using technology to f to find relationships, and you know, they cover a lot of online dating things. I myself was surprised, um, but TechCrunch picked it up. Um, VentureBeat picked it up. Just you know, just kind of covering in the new because it was a new idea, and um, they picked it up and. You know, that day I got, this is two days before the launch, both of those went online. That day I got a call from, from ABC News, interested in doing, this, doing a story. Um, and it just kind of spiraled. I mean, I, I knew that, it, listen, if, if this thing's going to work, the reason it's going to work at the beginning at least is because the, the PR angle is going to kick ass. Everybody's going to love writing about it. It's going to spiral into something. And basically it became kind of viral within... The you know within the PR community they picked it up. New York Times ran the TechCrunch article on their website. It just it just spiraled out of control. I looked on, I searched on Google the day you know the day after the TechCrunch stuff and I you know for my company name and I don't remember exactly how many results but it was over like two thousand results and I just had just a website thrown together like a week before you know so this this. Everything just spun online. It just went really, really viral, and I had tons of people just contacting me. And right. I'm like, "Whoa!" Were they? Yeah, they wanted. <laughs> I got to do it. Yeah, they did. Exactly. They wanted to buy, right? Like that was exactly. Yeah, yeah you got to do it. I mean, so at that point, I, you know, I just, I just went crazy because it was like, now, you know, I have the system. It works, but it hasn't been tested on, you know, guys under five seven. Like, it hasn't been tested with bald, bald guys. I just, I. I I was like, whoa, you know, because you have, I'm now I'm being put to the test. So then I had to execute. And um, one of the big things that happened then as well is Urban Daddy, which is like an online magazine. They, they send, I think uh, their subscription list at the time was around 100, I think they told me 120,000. And they sent a reporter in to actually try the service. They wanted to like for, for us to write his profile and do all these things. So I had a writer. I mean, I, I helped with, you know, writing the profile. I also had a writer help me out. We created a profile, and you know that went online just a couple weeks later, and that actually was the was huge for uh, for for the startup. I mean, I got so many leads from that. It was around like 20 leads in like just a couple of days, um, because they send they put this thing in people's inboxes. This would have cost, I mean, at least 15. I don't know, at least 10 or 15k, just to just to have done like an advertising within another email for that kind of publication. It's right. very like so they were it's, it's my target market. It's it's big people in big cities with with money. It's, so they, that's, were, they that, were emailing the case study of this journalist using a service. Is that right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. It wasn't, you know, it was it was kind of a case study, but it was kind of like a, you know, a, a fun punchy story. You know, it's about this new company. If you want to outsource your dating, you know, they they're here, and uh, and it just kind of talked about the the journalist went in and and he talked about a couple of things that we did for him, like. You know, he had we set up his username. His username was dangerous with rocks because he had a really good story about how he'd accidentally knocked out his father with a rock. And 
when they were hiking when he was little, and so he, his username for plenty of fish was dangerous, dangerous with rocks. And so, anyways, it kind of just just it displayed our company in a very positive light when when it, when we were just just launching it. Um, we basically being me and a, and a couple other people I had working with me. So at that point, it was like, okay, you know, this thing can work because. I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg. If you learn, if you have something like this that can garner massive amounts of press coverage, and and I'm doing this. Imagine I'm doing this alone with, with no experience in PR. You know, all I know how to do is write. I know marketing and sales, and and I'm getting on on the New York Times website before I even launch a company out of my own apartment. Um, and this thing's got a lot of potential in terms of just getting mass pub press coverage for for no cost at all um so that was kind of the launch and i mean once i did that it was just like wow now i've got to focus move a little bit of my focus from continuing to you know to kind of court the media to actually executing um so then i went to execution phase which <laughs> was difficult i mean it was really <laughs> tough because you know i had a little bit of the systems in place and i had the process i had a i knew how to get people dates but actually Doing it, I hadn't really planned that much for because I didn't want like a really long planning period before I tested it. It was kind of like the test it before you or like you know test the market before you build it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I kind of yeah, it was a service, and so a lot of people that launch services, I think a lot of times don't really do this. I mean, I feel like they spend a lot of time on testing and planning and creating these huge glamorous business plans. I just got the idea and I I just launched. Um, I'm gonna stop you for a second here, Scott. Though. Just I want to clarify something. So all this attention is focused at your website. The people coming to your website, are they seeing like a package they can buy right then for a set price? Yeah, at that point, I only had one package. Okay. Um, and I was charging substantially less than I'm charging now. Um, I was charging $480 um, and guaranteeing two dates. Now to guarantee two dates, I charge $720. Um, but it was a guarantee of two dates a month, $480 per month. Um, the billing wasn't really recurring. I didn't have that set up. I still don't, but it was like a month to month basis. It was advertised as like, listen, you pay 40, 40 a month. You're guaranteed two days with people that you pre-approve. Okay. So you're, you're sitting in Argentina. You've got all this press. You're basically had the website outsourced from Argentina. You've got a couple of people who could help you write profiles. It's $480 for your initial package back then. And you must've had a, a bunch of people buy and you've actually never delivered yeah. the service to anyone other than what your close friends and family. Um, yeah. How did how, like was were you overwhelmed? Like if you had a hundred people suddenly to do profiling for, you, you couldn't manage that with just you and you know two other writers. You'd need well unless unless you do it very slowly over the period of two or three months, it, it would uh, you know it's like a bottleneck there. No. Yeah, I mean, it was the the business model itself. You know, if I had the thing about it, it's, it was it's not a very scalable business model. I knew that from the start because, you know, it's it's obvious. I worked in a, a translation company that was this. You know, it was a human driven service, and that's how these kind of services are. They are very difficult to scale. Um, so I immediately had a waiting list. Um, you know, I had a waiting list within, you know, within a week of starting. I, I took on a bunch of clients right away, and I. I literally was just going crazy hiring people and kind of teaching them what I was doing, exactly how to how to implement my system. And then we just we just went to work. I mean, at the beginning, I hired everyone here. Now that I've got my systems and everything down way, you know, way everything's way more defined. I don't care where, where people are. I just hire the best writers possible. But I got a bunch of people here. Um, and we just started executing, um, and I brought a waiting list. I put, you know, I started a waiting list right away, and then I, yeah, I just focused on execution, which went on for for a few months, just basically just trying to keep everybody happy because I didn't want, I didn't want to, you know, start my business off by having complaints. It's the last thing I wanted. I, I wanted it to work, so I, you know, we basically just worked our asses off for people um, for really not that much money, but hell, we were getting paid to, you know, to. I was making, I made, my company was profitable within a week, mm. um, which is what I needed. You know, I didn't want to go home. Yeah, well, that's, that's way quicker <laughs> than five months. So <laughs> yeah, probably a bit unexpected how quickly uh, that happened. But obviously, I can there. see why that's such an amazing hook for press coverage. Uh, and, and especially exactly. if you're one of the first people to do that. Um, yeah, the, the coverage. What I love about this is you're doing it in Argentina and you're getting all this coverage in America. And, you know, did you did you go on like ABC um, over the phone or did you have to fly to do these sort of things? Or 
The ABC was actually it was an online piece, okay. um, which ran a little bit later. Um, but I did. Um, it was about a year later. You know, my first kind of the first like six months, I the press kind of thing, it was all inbound. And so it was, you know, blogs and things. I mean, I was getting, I set up Google alerts. So I found out when people were talking about me, I was getting alerts all the time. Um, because a lot of people were talking and writing online, but I wasn't really doing anything proactively to generate that. Um, it just really all started from that, those initial releases later, I would go on to hire a girl who had a background in PR, um, who kind of took all of that to the, to the next level, um, for me. And I did, um, a year after we launched, I did um, I did uh, Good Morning America, which is obviously pretty big, and then I did um, Fox and Friends. I did just went to New York and did the two shows um, right just right, right around a year after I launched. Um, the Fox and Friends was was live, which actually was crazy. But and in, in the meantime, I actually had a lot of prep for that because although I didn't do any TV stuff, and there were a couple of kind of things looming that I postponed and kind of hurt myself by not doing them but I wanted I was really focused on execution so I didn't want to leave where I was I just want to stay in like the frame of um, kind of servicing the clients that we already had and so but I did a lot of I did a lot of radio interviews you know I did three BBC radio interviews for different BBC channels before I even did the Today Show so I was already like so well versed in talking about my company and I mean even the day after I started I'm doing a radio interview from my apartment um <laughs> And I'm just, you know, this is like just something that I just started two weeks ago, and I'm I'm talking about it live on the radio. Um, so it was it was wild. It was crazy. It was completely. It was. I thought it was going to go well from the start, but I didn't really expect it to explode that way in terms of like the press coverage. Um, but which is great because it, it was for me in that situation. It was such a confidence build, builder because I was just thrown into. I mean, the easiest way to build confidence, I think, is to get way outside your comfort zone, and I was thrown way outside of my comfort zone immediately and um just you know i had to kind of scramble but then i got everything into gear and that's you know since then i've just been focused on you know continuing to keep the momentum going okay so let's let's go through um from that point forward how many years ago is that when you started it i started it two years ago it was uh june of two yeah uh, 2009 all right, so you've got this press, you've got the first few clients, a bunch of people on a waiting list. Um, the press keeps coming. How do you expand out the business and you know get yourself to a point where uh, you know you're not working probably twelve hour days, but you must have had to work at that point. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, to tell you the truth, I still do work 12-hour days, but uh, <laughs> okay. I've got, I'm working on some other stuff now that's like kind of like almost starting another business, which is like trying to build out the, the product side, which is going to take a long time, and it's really taking me a long time to actually learn how to do this stuff. But um, the, you know, the actually the service side, getting that down, really was about processes more than anything. Um, and, you know, the guide I had... Um, I had kind of like uh, everything I was doing was kind of like just as we were going, we we're developing it. But at some point, I, I just kind of decided like, listen, we've got to develop this way faster. And so I basically had writers that developed this whole like really extensive um, manual for like it's kind of an internal manual for everything we were doing. And a lot because a lot of the stuff I was doing, I was training and I was having to say the same things over and over again. And that's when when you realize you're saying the same thing a bunch more than, you know, two or three times, then you realize, OK, this should be somewhere that, um, you know, within some kind of guide or system that everybody can follow. So yeah. I just started working on on creating these these internal systems basically. Um, so I did, you know, like even the um, the way we manage all these contacts with the online dating sites. I've basically found a customizable uh, CRM application. So we're using CRM to manage this dating process, which goes from like this initial email because dating is like this perfect um, sales process. You've like send these emails. It's like direct marketing. You send like a bunch of emails and then some people respond that are interested and you convert them into opportunities. And then once you, you kind of 
um, kind of try to cultivate these opportunities into sales, which are first dates. So it's very, it's fairly linear, the process. So we, we worked in, we, we customized a CRM system and we, we built all these manuals and processes internally. Um, and that takes, that takes a lot of time. Um, especially once, when you've already got a bunch of clients and you've got to keep them happy. Um, so that was kind of where we are. And like, we've, we're finally at the point where that's all taken care of. And now I'm like working on other things so that it's fairly scalable. Now it's still difficult scale with any kind of service company like, like this can be very difficult to scale still fairly difficult to scale but now i'm now i'm working on kind of building products which is obviously way more scalable um just kind of learning that side of the of the business and um i'm getting finally close to launching something there you have a great platform for selling information products as well on top of the services i can see but obviously you know at the end of the day the service i think will you can't replace the service with a product. It'll just be, I guess, a more affordable option, right, for those people who want to do it themselves. Exactly. I mean, the thing is, is that most of our clients, they're really, you know, we have people that, that really do have problems like meeting women, but a lot of them are just, it's, it's, it's really a time issue. And online dating does take time. I mean, like, Meeting women in, in period takes time, you know. If you're going to go out to a bar a couple nights a week and spend four or five hours there um, and try to meet girls, that's you know, it's, that adds up fast. And um, same thing goes for online. I mean, it takes time. Um, so, yeah, I think the service is really for like one type of person. It's like you know, working a lot doesn't have the time, and the product is for another type of person who has the time but you know doesn't necessarily know what it what it takes to get dates online, which is, you know, 97% of guys. So, and I think the two also can work very well in a, like a synergistic way where the, you know, the, the products, um, by selling those online, um, driving a lot of traffic to a, an offer for a product can also drive, you know, it can also, um, drive revenue to the service side by people that are driven to the product and see, okay, well, this is what this company does. They've got this product, but I don't really want the product. I want, I want the service. Mm. And so I think it can happen in both directions, yep. but really more from the product being kind of like a gateway product into the service, which is, which is brilliant because it can be a profitable advertising outlet for the actual service. Now you keep mentioning men. Is it, I'm assuming a majority of men use the service, but do you ever have women use the service? Yeah, we do. We do. I, you know, it's it fluctuates the percentage of women. It's kind of crazy the way that it's fluctuated since we've started. Whereas, like one point we we hit like a, almost a fifty fifty percent split, and then another point we're like at like five or ten percent. I mean, right now we're we're like between five and ten percent women. I mean, just a few months ago we were at like uh, and the split was like thirty five percent. You know, thirty five percent women, sixty five percent men. Um, so there's a bit of a variation. I don't really know what, what causes that. But um, we, we have worked with, with a lot of women clients, um, with a lot of female clients. And so, yeah, I mean, we do. And eventually we're going to move into, like, information on, on that side and in the gay market as well. Um, you know, we have, we have some gay clients right now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the majority of our clients as we started, the majority of the demand, it seems, has been on, on the male, the straight men side. Right. Now, you know the costs. I'm looking at your pricing page. You've got three hundred and sixty dollars for the initial, you know, package, seven hundred and twenty per month, and and fourteen forty per month um, with two dates or four dates per month guaranteed. You know, this is not an entry level cost for you know uh, the you know, an average person. You know, I can imagine maybe people in executive positions or you know wealthy people using this. Um, is that generally the demographic you've got? The busy doctors, the busy lawyers, uh, you know busy accountants, whatever it is, um, that, that predominantly use the service? Yeah. I mean, the, the majority of our clients make, I mean, almost all of our clients make at least 75 plus, um, the, you know, the, the lower package, I would say, you know, it's a lot of the people are between like the 75 to 150 range. Mm -hmm. Um, and then to get, you know, to the, to the executive package, I mean, people using executive, it's really rare that anyone would sign up for 1440 a month unless they're making at least 150 K, um, a year. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not necessarily these, you know, like super uber wealthy people. I mean, it's, but it is like a lot of, I mean, we get a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, we get a lot of doctors, we get lawyers, um, we get, you know, pilots. We've actually had quite a few pilots sign up for the service. It tends to be the people that, yeah, I mean, the people that don't have a lot of time, um, 
and, you know, have a pretty good income. But, you know, you'd be surprised how many people will, that are making 75, you know, K will, will dish out $600 or 720 a month for their dating. Um, because it's such an important part of most people's lives, you know, just actually like, especially the people that are, our service tends to cater more to people that are more marriage minded. Um, because, you know, it, people that are looking for something very long term and looking for looking for you know love and, and and making a family are much. They don't really put so much of a value on that. So they figure, listen, if they if I got if they can, if there's a shot they can do this for me. Then I mean, because matchmakers out there, there's a lot of professional matchmakers that charge 10k, and you pay it all up front. So this is like. I mean, this is this is a lot less expensive than a lot of options for people that are looking for this kind of assistance. Mm. Okay, interesting. Now, I'm curious in terms of business growth. Now, you already talked about uh, you know transitioning to a mix of information products as well as the service, which makes a lot of sense. Um, what have you found has been the challenge in terms of growth uh, outside of that? Like, is it hiring the right people? Is that difficult? Um, you know, setting up systems, you said, was critical, and I can see why. That's definitely something. But, you know, what, what as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, what do you struggle with and, and um, you know, would advise other people to consider before they jump into starting their own business? The I would say, you know, right now the least scalable aspect of the model is expertise. And, you know, the problem really is is that there are so many scenarios that exist you know, whether it's a client heading to Russia to, to meet women or it's a client, you know, that's just, you know, that's traveling city to city to city. There's just so many different potential scenarios um, that require someone that really, really, really understands online dating. And hiring for that is difficult. I, you know, we can, I can hire a ton of, um, you know, talented writers and I could teach them, you know, the general process. But if, they don't really if they haven't had you know thousands of hours of experience managing online dating accounts it's very difficult for for that to be you know for that to be hired mm. it's just such a specific thing that we're doing that's really really hard in that aspect of scale so what i need is i need experts in online dating to work as managers that kind of oversee these employees because that's where i'm still spending a lot of time now is with the high level expertise right so that's for me that's the biggest obstacle um, right now in terms of scaling the writers like finding people to write these emails is not that hard really i mean it takes good writers but I mean, even right now, we have the process so automated, and we've got, you know, we post all over these online these online things, and they send, you know, they have to send an email to an address, and it responds with an autoresponder that gives them more information and tells them where to send another email if they want to take this test. If they're still interested, they send another email to there, and they've got to be ready to take a test, which is automatically delivered. So the, I mean, the, the, the hiring process, you can get that, autom you can automate that, you can, you know, basically just get that down to, you know, so that you're just, all you're doing is reviewing some tests and you go through and I mean because writing is writing I don't care what they did uh, I don't care about their resume I just want to know if they can write good online dating emails or not mm -hmm. it's really simple um, but so that's really easy to hire for um, but in terms like this kind of service it really depends on, on expertise and, and that you know in, to be able to scale this kind of service and have a lot of clients you need to build it to, to have someone with the expertise and so right now that's my biggest limitation it's hard to find someone that knows as much about online dating as I do to hire to bring on even more clients because it still takes a lot of my time to for all these very you know um, specific situations that occur in terms of managing those. It's the standard problem of finding A players to grow your company. I think everyone exactly. has that challenge. Yours is different because you obviously have a certain type of expertise looking for. Exactly. So exactly. Uh, um, could you maybe give us a little breakdown? What's you said you're working twelve hours a day and you you're working on different projects. How do you how do you live your life, Scott? Is it <laughs> what do you do? Do you get up, turn on the computer and, and start writing? Or you know, what's a day in the life of, of Scott Valdez? <laughs> uh, it's the first time I've been asked this question. Well, um <laughs> yeah, you know, really that's that you know, that is it. I, I basically I, I wake up, um, you know, I, I still work out of my apartment, which you know, which I love, but I, I wake up, I go through my emails. Um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, this kind of what I was talking about before, these very specific questions I need to answer. It's kind of waiting for me. Um, I'll go through the emails. 
Um, then, you know, I'll spend, you know, like a, f- a few hours kind of on developing, um, kind of working on the marketing and developing, you know, product relating things that I'm trying to launch right now. And I spend a lot of time with that, just trying to get, you know, I have different people working on different things. So I'm making sure that everybody's kind of doing their jobs kind of on, on development. And, um, so I'll spend a few hours there. Um, and then I'll spend, you know, a while I'm, I'm still at the point where um, I do still do some like overflow writing, which um, you know can take me like you know sometimes a couple hours a day, and it has to do with uh, right now. I mean, talking about current schedule, I'm still doing like some of the the back and forth writing. So I'll I'll log in and, and send some write some emails, send those out, and then at nighttime um, until quite quite late, um, you know, usually I'm, I'm working on, on the product as of late. Um, for example, tonight I'm still got some, um, some audio modules that I'm, I'm working on the recording of, I've written the scripts, but I need to actually lay down the audio tracks. So when we get off the phone, I'm going to be, um, you know, basically recording, uh, about an, an hour of, of audio segments. Um, so it's it's a long day. I mean, right now the reason it, it's still so long, even though I've outsourced most of the process, because I feel like right now I'm kind of the inform the information product thing and developing that has almost been like starting a whole new company because it's so it's it's related. Obviously, I'm I'm packaging up expertise into a product, but it's completely it's completely different. Everything from the marketing to the you know to the actual. Um, creation of the product, I mean, it has nothing to do with the service besides, you know, like what I said. So the, it just takes, it takes a lot of time to, to develop that and to learn that. I mean, learning how to market a product online, um, and develop all, you know, to set up all these systems and these autoresponders and, um, you know, figuring out what converts on the sales page. I mean, I, we wrote a, I hired a guy to, to write the sales page for me. And, um, even, you know, I paid him like, you know, it wasn't much, but I paid him like $1,500 and to write the sales copy and I get it back and it was like garbage and I did it on Elance. And so it's one of those things where like you make a lot of mistakes along the way trying to figure out, you know, how the hell to create these products. Um, but luckily I had the service where it was like profitable. And so I've been using the, the money from that side to like, you know, to, cover all these costs of developing this product and then now launching it. And then I, you know, I I think that the product's really going to help to build the service as well. So hopefully soon once that's launched, then I can, you know, I can finally find some people with some more expertise to handle the service side and I can focus on the product side, which is way sexier because it's way more scalable and it's a little more hands off. I mean, it's way um, better in tune with the whole lifestyle kind of business thing, um, you know, which is the long-term goal. Yep. And Not to work 12 hours. <laughs> yeah, obviously. And I'm, you're in Buenos Aires. You must have beaches and something to do, you know, working, right? No beaches. No, no beaches. But um, we do have, you know, amazing nightlife, um, you know, great food, access to, you know, tons of things that are always going around. It's, it's a great city to be in. So it, it is nice to get distracted. And I do get distracted, especially with women and dating, um, because that's one of my, you know, one of my passions. <laughs> you still practice so, what you preach, you know, right? Yeah, of course, of course. Well, you know, I'm not I'm not currently online dating, but I am seeing um, you know, three girls turning into two now and um so just it, managing kind of dating in my it takes a lot of time. Dating is is a is a time sink, but it's a fun one. So, uh yeah, that's um it's it's going to be nice when I have a little more time to to focus on my own dating life rather than that of of you know you know twenty thirty forty you know depends on the month but lately we've been having like between thirty and forty clients so just trying to get all these other dudes dates um, and and then sitting at home working you know it's like it's kind of frustrating but uh, it's um, it'll be nice to to uh, finally have the the you know the the amount of time I have to work you know down quite a bit. Okay. Now, just before we wrap up, Scott, just for all those people yeah. listening to this, who, and this is a great chance to pitch your services too, does this sort of thing actually work for you know the, the what people consider typically challenging, let's put it that way, aspects of online dating? You know, like you said, the bald men, you know, overweight, uh, short, you know, all these what people consider you know not typically. Uh, they're uh, nicest way to be polit- politically correct here, but the um, <laughs> they're. There are things to overcome when it comes to from the dating environment. So, have you found that um, what you guys do with your virtual datingassistance.com service can really help people from regardless of where they're coming from? Yeah, certainly. I mean, the thing is, this is like we we don't really discriminate in terms of like accepting clients based on how they look in any way. 
Um, really, what we look for is like what their expectations are. I think you know a lot of people that are trying to sell products and things. They'll tell you you can, you can you know you're going to get a response to 100% of your emails and you're going to you're going to date you know bombshell women if, even if you're five five. You know um, that doesn't really exist um, online and, and it, it just really doesn't exist off either. I mean, it happens, but it's not, you know, we li- the world we live in is, is, uh, is highly competitive and it, it is more difficult. You know, so there's people that are in, at disadvantages to dating, but that said, um, and we do amazing things for our clients that, you know, it's the reason they pay month to month to month for our services is because we get them results and they're the results that they want. They pre-approve candidates that, women that they want to meet and we get them dates. It's not, you know, it takes some time, but it's really, I mean, we're highly effective at what we do. And any guy that, you know, is willing to, to learn this stuff and put the time into it, he can get great dates. It doesn't matter what he looks like. Um, you know, the women are out there. If you know how to, you know, position yourself online, you know how to communicate in a women in a way that women find attractive online. It doesn't matter if you're five, five and bald, you can still get dates. And flip that around for, for women. Women, it's the same way. You know, women is the same way for sure. Um, it is more difficult for women, you know, in terms of the, you know, not being as attractive. But because, you know, my, men put so much of their weight on on looks, you know, whereas guys can have a lot of other things going for them and they just can kind of overshadow, you know, their problems in the looks department. Whereas women, it's more difficult. But still, though, I mean, we've we've had some very unattractive female clients and we've still been able to get them quality dates and they've been happy and renewed the service. Um, I think anyone that's, you know, really, really unrealistic in dating can be disappointed, but as long as they're fairly realistic, if you know what you're doing online, it's like any other dating mark. I mean, it's like offline dating. I mean, if, if you're fairly realistic and you know what you're doing, I mean, you know, you know, if you're a guy and you te- learn how to pick up chicks at a bar and you get really good at it, then you're going to be dating some really attractive chicks for, you know, f- based on what, what you have to offer. And the same thing goes for online. You just have to know what you're doing. And so we do it, you know, we do it for women just like we do it for men. It is a little more difficult um, just because the weight is different on, you know, the attractiveness scale and how much that matters to men. But for sure, I, across the board, if you know what you're doing, you know, you can get amazing dates online. All right. And if people want to chase this up, where's the best entry point into your business? Yeah, the best entry point um, is virtualdatingassistance.com. Um, and so from there, you know, we've got um, basically on the, on the top, we've got um, a navigation bar that has information about our services as well as our, our products, which we're just kind of finishing up now. But so if you go to our, our website, um, you'll see on the on the left hand side it kind of talks about delegating your dating. So if you're interested in outsourcing your dating to us, um, that's where you can get started. If you're interested in kind of learning how to do it for yourself, there's a bar there that says "Learn Our Secrets." So you click on that, and you can from there you can go to um, some free articles, and we also have our blog there, and you can kind of read up on how things are done online. And and if you're interested in the um, the product we have coming out, which is called the Click Magnet Dating System, you can just put your information. Um, we've got a we've got a, an ebook format of it now, but really we're developing a completely different product than we're trying to sell online now. We're revamping it, um, so you can either buy the one we have now, and we'll as soon as the other product's ready, you'll get it for free, or you can just fill out the newsletter form on our website, and you'll get some free information there. And we'll of course we'll announce to our list whenever the Click Magnet Dating System product is completed. All right, cool. Now, Scott, just before I hang up on you here, uh, in, in yep. terms of your, your situation now, there's no risk of you having to go live back with your parents, right? Yeah, yeah, no risk, no risk at all. I mean, unless something drastic were to happen, um, cash flow is at this point is is quite predictable. Um, even right now, we've got a waiting list, so um, you know it's. It's right now. It's become, um, you know, it's it's a, it's a well-paid job for me, and I expect as things you know continue, it's going to be a very well-paid job. And I think, like especially with the product side, I think it's going to be very scalable. And you know, hopefully, I will be doing much much better than than my father. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it, so, so you've, got, you've basically got a six-figure online business in terms of revenue, and it didn't take too long to set it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well over six figures, and um, you know, right now I'm, you know, just a little bit less than two years in. All right, Scott. Thank you very much. Uh, I, any last words before I do my <laughs> wrap up routine here? 
No, no. Go for it. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much um, for joining me on the call, Scott. I found that really interesting. Probably a little too interesting, actually, because it's two subjects I like, the online dating world and the, the internet marketing world. So uh, thank you for sharing um, the more specifics there. That was great. And good luck with it uh, going forward. I'm, I'm sure you will have yeah, a thriving business for, for a long time. That's a fairly core human need, the old dating one. So Exactly. Uh, yeah. And uh, for anyone else who's interested in, um, obviously, learning more about what scott's doing with his business you can check out virtualdatingassistance.com and if you want to have a listen to more interviews with people like scott who have started their own online business and they've uh, come on board to spill the beans with me in an interview you can find those interviews available like this in a downloadable mp3 at my blog which is at entrepreneurs-journey.com or you can just google my name which is yarrow y-a-r-o and you will find all the podcasts there under the uh, podcasts link in the navigation bar. Thanks, Scott. Thank you for listening to this interview, everyone. And I'll catch you all soon on a future interview.